Hey, beauty lovers and fellow entrepreneurs. I'm Yegi, the owner and founder of Yegi Beauty. Within five years of being my own boss, I was able to grow Yegi Beauty into a multi-million dollar company. This podcast is where I share what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur in the beauty industry. Hi guys, Yegi here. Today I have Elise joining me. She is going to be my co-host and <laughs> colleague today asking some questions that everybody have submitted in regards to pricing and how to really value yourself with the service industry. So we'll jump right into that. She's going to ask the questions that you guys submitted and I'll go ahead and answer and give you guys feedback based on our experience with working in the beauty industry for over 10 years now. But before I get started with that, we do have a giveaway coming up on our Instagram. So make sure you're following the Yegi Project and you go and submit your submit to get into our giveaway. So the first question is based but can be complicated how do you price yourself as a service provider okay so as a service provider I want to say the first thing you want to do is you want to decide if you want to be known to be an average price service provider if you want to be known as a premium um, service provider which means you're going to charge higher than the average person in your same industry in your same area and the third is if you want to be known as a discounted service provider so this kind of goes back into your branding it's really important to decide this in the beginning of your journey of what direction you want to go because because it does get harder to change this down the line so if you um, get to be known Known to have the best deals and the best discounts with the services that you provide, it's going to be a lot harder to change your brand down the line and charge a lot more for a service and then be known as a, let's say, a boutique or luxury service provider that charges at a premium, at a higher price. So you want to decide this in the very beginning. That's the best advice I can give. Um, and then just go with it. And down the line, if you do change your mind it's never end of the world you can rebrand yourself but just know that this is something you decide in the beginning so you know what direction you're taking and you don't go back and forth so much and uh, and keep changing your mind about you know how much you're charging if you're new or even if you're experienced so it's not about your level of experience it's about your brand and what you want to get to be known as a service provider so decide that first and then next thing you want to do is do some research around your area with the same type of service providers and see how much they're charging and average that out so if you research 10 people that do the same service you write down all the prices of those 10 people and you average that out that average price would be the price that you would charge if you want to be known as an average mm -hmm. uh, valued provider so if you want to be known to be as a fair i guess per like type of service you're charging but then if you want to be known to be more exclusive or charge at a premium, then you would at least charge 10% or more from that price, right? And then the busier you get, 
probably the more you would want to charge because there's just so many people you can fit within your schedule. Mm -hmm. So that's how you would transition into that. But I know there's a question Mm -hmm. (laughs) that will come next and I'll go a little bit in more detail about that. So the second question is, how do you not feel bad about asking for money, especially when you're new and you don't have as much experience? Yeah, so that could be tricky. Whoever asks this, you probably are also practicing or your initial clients when you're newest people you know so they could be family and friends and you might feel guilty asking them to pay for a service especially that they do know you're new but never be afraid to get paid of what you're worth okay Mm -hmm. so even if you're new your time and your skill even if it's new it's valuable and you never want to take that for granted you don't want to keep doing free services because first people get used to that and people will take advantage if they can so we don't want to feel bad about asking for money because that's basically what value you're putting on yourself so if you keep not charging and you keep having free services that means you don't value yourself and your time and you think that whatever you're doing is okay to do for free and I mean if you do that how are you going to make money or have make a living right then this will always maybe stay as a hobby or a side thing for you instead of an actual career or a business so just I think it it starts with deciding that you're not going to feel bad and that knowing that when you're charging you're putting a value on yourself and it's almost like also you're respecting yourself and your time to be able to charge and then from there the first couple times when you mention it and say you know this is how much I charge for this service it might feel awkward Mm -hmm. like you feel bad doing it but the more you practice and the more you say okay this is what it is this is a service I'm providing and this is how much it costs it'll start getting easier and easier to charge people and it actually gets more and more fun to charge people (laughs) because they also value and appreciate the work you do and um, just from experience too even with friends and family if they're not paying for a service or even if they're paying very cheap for a service they don't appreciate it as much um and i will relate this to even a piece of clothing like for myself too if i have a very expensive shirt i'm gonna make sure i take really good care of that shirt i'm gonna take it to dry cleaning i'm gonna put it back in the closet hanging nicely i'm not gonna just take it throw it and wear it you know while i'm exercising right so the more i feel like people put a value or pay for something the more they appreciate it so it goes back the same with the services you almost feel like you're giving them what they're paying for right so if they're paying for something they're going to get more value out of it and appreciate it as they're paying for it compared to getting something for free and the next question because you already talked about the friends and family because that can be difficult yes i'll add to that honestly initially when i started um i want to say you think your friends and family are going to be the number one people to support you and to really like get you going and no matter what great friends and family you have supportive loving you know like they'll be there for you no matter what when it comes to charging them for a service or when it comes to mixing that with business in theory it sounds perfect but then in practice it actually didn't work well for me at all like my friends and family were the ones who were the ones who complained the most because they felt so comfortable um and you know when you're new no matter what um you're not going to be perfect (laughs) and friends and family sometimes can be too honest and it's Mm -hmm. discouraging and it also like i said 
in the beginning I would do very cheap or for free for friends and family and they didn't appreciate the work that I did. And so they would complain more or want something different just because, again, I didn't value my work and therefore they didn't value my work. So it was very tricky. And I know I'm not the only one. I've worked with many lash artists and students. So this is kind of what happens. So you want to make sure you don't focus on building that business or clients with your friends and family. Mm -hmm. So what I personally decided is when I had the salon, I would pretty much refused to do lash services for friends and family I would refer them to my co-worker and they would do their services and they can charge them however they want and they would have a like a uh, professional relationship so that's kind of what worked for me Um, but like I said even if it's friends and family I would say um, they could be more critical so don't take it to heart try Mm -hmm. to do your best and um, really try to get clients outside of your immediate circle it'll be better practice for you as you grow compared to just sticking to friends and family how do you know when you have to increase prices that's tricky too because we talked about branding so your prices are going to be based on what you brand yourself as okay so the time that uh the point in your career and your service your services when you're providing um the the point you want to decide to increase prices is when you're pretty much fully booked out for like at least two, three weeks out, and there's no way you can squeeze in one client. So if you get booked out even a month out, I think that's a very good indicator that, hey, I can kind of increase my prices right now and get away with it because you can lose some of the clients that are not willing to pay that higher price, but then that's okay because you'll gain more clients that are willing to pay a higher price. So you'll have less clients, but they'll pay more. So you'll kind of work less, but still make the same or more money with your time. Because at that point, once you're fully booked, that's pretty much as many clients you can take. There's no other way for you to take more for you to make more money. So your next step would be to increase your prices to make more money. And another step would be is hiring a co a worker or like getting like a partner type of thing going and referring clients out and maybe getting compensated mm-hmm. for referring your clients out to make more money if you don't really like want to directly increase your prices so that's another avenue you can take once you're growing um, but if it's in regards to when do I increase my prices um, yes I would want to say is when you're booked that's when you increase your prices you never want to increase it just to increase it you just want to set your prices based on what you decided with your again with your branding of your business um, and then uh, increase it only when you're getting fully booked And I guess another thing that might come up is how do you account for the cost of your supplies? Like, do you have tips for managing like (laughs) your money? Like not necessarily money, but like making sure you're actually profiting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So how do I make sure that I'm making money right (laughs) as a service provider? So to keep it simple, um, you want to make sure you're keeping track of all your supply costs. So depending on how you want to do that, there's different tools. So even when you're a service provider and you're 
a sole service provider, like you don't have a whole salon and you're the only one in your studio, you do want to probably have a system like QuickBooks that can keep track of all your transactions. And with it, it's pretty easy to categorize and put different things in different areas. So you can have your expenses and it's a good tool to have. So when it comes by the end of the year and you're doing your accounting, not only you can use that to provide to your accountant, but you can also kind of at any point in your business, sit down and analyze and see, okay, I'm spending $200 a month on lash supplies and I'm doing, and I'm already pretty booked, but I'm, if I take out that cost and I'm charging services, like for a whole month, I'm charging $5,000, let's say, okay, taking out the $200. And then it says another expense you would probably have in there is your studio space, you know, and then, um, your marketing costs, if you're paying for any ads or social media and utilities, everything, you know, you would keep track of through transactions with a system like QuickBooks. And that's when, um, uh, you can run a report at the end of the month or end of like each quarter and see, okay, based on all of the profits that I'm getting with the clients and taking all this out, how much am I really making? And is this what I, where I want to be, or do I want to be making more? Cause sometimes we may think, oh, we're making so much money. And then when we take out all the expenses, we're like, wait, I'm not charging enough and that's definitely something that has happened to me in the past um because I think at one point I was like wait I feel like I'm making so much money and then I look at my camera but where is all this money then when you actually look at the breakdown you realize you have so much more costs and expenses than than you realize and I think that's a good way good tool to have as a business owner even if you're a sole service provider on um your youtube live you kind of touched on like not starting so low with pricing. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe you can talk about it on the podcast to how you approach like starting off and then like doing a discount or like how. Oh yeah. So that's great. That's what I always, um, actually give the advice to new lash artists or anybody that has questions in regards to like, how do I start as a new lash artist? Um, with my pricing, do I, you know, charge less and then increase the prices. So what I would say as a new lash artist or as a new service provider, you don't want to start off so low again, because we talked about the branding. If you start charging very cheap, it's going to be hard to go ahead and um, increase your prices later because that's the type of clientele you're going to build is the ones that want to get a deal and that it wants to get the cheapest price out there. So later on if you increase your prices you will probably lose most of those customers because they're not going to be willing to pay the premium prices they're just looking for the best deal so then they'll go to the next lash artist who's offering the best deal or the cheapest prices because that's what they're looking for so instead what you want to do is you want to set your prices to what you would do again based on where you live and uh, what services you're providing like an average price or if you want to be known to be a very um, premium uh, lash or service provider, you would set your prices at that high price, but then do deals in the beginning. So what I would do is I would say, okay, first time client, 50% off. So even if you're charging $200 for a full set or for a service, then their first time for somebody to try you since you're new, you would only charge $100 and you won't feel as bad because you're charging that much. And 
half the time the people that come to you they don't know what they don't know that you're new so you don't have to be so afraid that you're gonna charge somebody something that you can't provide them because a lot of times if you're trained properly and you do practice even if you're new you could be really good better than some people that have been doing it for 10 years so um it really depends on you and your um training as well so you don't have to feel like you you're not charging enough or you have to discuss claim the or the yeah disclaim the fact that you are brand new unless somebody specifically asks and a lot of times nobody really specifically asks you don't want to say hey i'm new i'm gonna give you a discount you know so you do want to charge your regular prices that you would as an experienced slash artist and give them the deal the first time you can even do another example that i use is you can do pay for a full set and get a fill free so like that they're still paying the full price but they're getting that extra feel free and you're almost guaranteeing that they're going to come back to you for that continuous service and depending on what service you're providing i'm sure you can find a package deal to do like that where they're getting a deal and you're getting a customer that's going to come back to you another question that has come up is how do you charge like for fills versus the different services like how you were pricing it at your salon because some people charge by the number of lashes they apply or the percentage of lashes that are left so how how do you go about deciding like how to price fill how to price it so i want to say there um there is few different ways and it depends how you want to do it some common ways is weekly so just because every week we have a number of eyelashes that shed Mm -hmm. throughout so as time goes by the more work we're gonna have to do as lash artists to fill in those lashes so if it's a longer wait period with the fills you would charge more so you can charge weekly it could be one week fill price two week fill price three week fill price and four week fill price so that's what we used to do and it worked well for us at the salon um, another option is some people charge just based on a full set or a fill so you can have a set price for a full set and then a fill they just do it with between two to three weeks so if you're in that window it's considered a fill and they charge an x amount of price and that's it Mm -hmm. then if it's more than three weeks they it would be considered a full set so you want to make sure if you want to maintain it you come back within two to three weeks and it's always that same fill price Mm -hmm. so that's like another simpler way to to charge and some people ask oh how do you keep track of how many weeks or how much do you do it by based on what you look at their eyelashes but no like if it's your if it's your client you would check your system hopefully you have a system where you you know manage your clients and keep track of them you'd see the last time they were there with you and then time it out based on that and uh, some restrictions you can put in there is you have to have at least 40% of your eyelashes there for it to be considered a fill because you don't want somebody to come to you and they haven't taken their uh, taking care of their eyelashes at all Mm -hmm. and they're all gone there's like two little eyelashes and they're like here I am give me a full set but um and then you know they expect you to charge them just for a fill so you do want to make some of those disclaimers if that's something that's important to you as a lash artist and again all of that comes with um, practice and confidence and for you to know your worth and your value to be able to to say sorry you know like this is 
not a fill this is gonna be a full set and you'd be surprised you some people think that initially if they're they really kind of stand up for for themselves in a way and ask for what they they deserve with the service they're providing that the customer is gonna be angry or they're gonna push back or be unhappy that's not the case as long as you communicate in a clear way and in a nice way as well they're very customers are very understanding so if you've set your policies and your procedures up front in a very clear way that you know it's fair to you and your customer Mm -hmm. all you have to do is practice to be confident to communicate that to the customer so then when you say it you're not hesitating you're saying okay this is what it is and this is what I expect you to pay. <laughs> and like that, they won't even hesitate. You like maybe one in a blue moon, you'd get a customer who's going to try to push back and you can handle that in a case by case. But you'd be surprised like 99% of the customers, if you are confident and you're asking for what you know is fair and what you deserve, they'll be uh, willing to pay. That's why that was my next question I had written down, like how to <laughs> communicate that. Because I remember at the salon, it was... It's like sometimes the, yeah, hard sometimes to hard. communicate because yeah. you feel bad or you think they're going to be angry with you. You know, even if you have a price change, you feel like hesitant to say, oh, I charge like $10 more now. But don't 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 feel bad. Like literally, it's a choice that we make mm-hmm. to ask for what we deserve. And unless we ask, we're not going to receive. So um, go ahead and try. And, you know, if you're a person who's more shy overall or you don't feel as confident, not even confident, it's just, you know, in the beginning, it is it's, it's difficult. It's been difficult for me in the past too to like be like mm-hmm. deep down we want to please people as humans so i feel like it's hard to keep that in mind and also sometimes ask for more or give them news that you think they don't want to hear as a customer um but you just have to know that if you practice you can practice in front of a mirror practice to a friend the more you have these conversations mm-hmm. the easier it's going to get so just go for it you know make the decision that you're going to do it and go for it the first couple times when you communicate something that you don't feel super comfortable with it might be again you you might hear the hesitation in your voice and you might feel uncomfortable but the more you say it the more natural it's going to mm-hmm. come out until um until it just flows but like i said the best way to handle that is have a policy that is for your yourself policy and guidelines that's there it's not even for the customer honestly that's for you it's basically written down rules of what you will accept and what you won't accept so then you already know from the start that this is what you're gonna do because sometimes when we're thrown into the situation it's really hard to make that decision Mm -hmm. unless you're a really good quick thinker decision maker it's sometimes really hard to make that decision of how to handle a situation with a customer or a client so you want to have your guide Guidelines of what you want to do in which scenario beforehand so then if you come across that you would already know what you're gonna say mm-hmm. and to the customer you want to you can start off by communicating even though it's your business it's your choice it's your policy you can say I'm sorry but 
the policy of this of the our policy is and then state whatever you want to state for them so if your policy is if they're more than 20 minutes late you're not going to take them or you're going to charge them a deposit or whatever that's all you have to do stand your ground you have already decided this beforehand you don't have to be like oh how do i handle the situation because i don't have enough time to take this client my next client's gonna come in and like i really feel bad sending her home because she's been 20 minutes late but no instead of figuring that out on the spot you could have already pre-hand decided okay if the customer is more than 15 minutes late that's their grace period this is what's going to happen this is what i'm going to do so then when that happens and they're in front of you you can easily say okay i'm so sorry this is a policy you know you can see it on our website or you could see it in the new client form that you signed and um this is how we're going to handle it you know you can be very understanding and apologetic towards like their situation but i would want to say stick to your policy because if you make exceptions then they're always going to expect you to make exceptions i think that was all of the questions that i can think of unless in regards to the pricing um no i think those are a lot of common questions that i've been asked before um anything else that i can think to share i shared along like i added on to the questions (laughs) you asked so i think it's a good um a good place to start for people who are who are wondering about prices um, and will definitely answer follow-up questions if they come up. So reach out to us and we'll make sure to get you an answer or do a part two to this podcast. Okay, well, that concludes our podcast for today. Thank you, Elise, for um, being our voice of (laughs) questions for all the lash artists that submitted their questions online. You know, we're in the virtual world now, so things are different. But if also you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, we are... um, gonna do that in season two so our season one is still kind of like a trial run (laughs) we're figuring some things out and then and getting the kinks out but season two we really want to hear from you and have you here live thank you for listening please rate and review this podcast follow and engage with us on social media under the yegi project and if you're interested in being a guest email info at theyegiproject.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes.